0: Hello and welcome to episode 7 of Down the Back of the Sofas, the podcast with Stephen Rusty embraces everything, not only the shiny new penny you found, but also the half-chewed toffee covered in fluff. Greetings. We are two friends who have known each other for 10 years and realised we do go on a bit about our geekdom and thought, let's record ourselves when it happens. And here we are. Hello, Russ. How you been?
1: I'm OK. Thank you, Steve. Um, I must be too bad. At least that the hot weather has finally gone. Uh, uh, I think it lasted about, what, two weeks, was it? And yeah, I didn't know where to put myself. I just, oof. Uh, <laughs> in the fridge, yeah, I, If I could have got that. in there, I tell you, I would have done. I, I really, I would have done. It was uh, it was a hard time, but yeah, we're we're now through that end of August at this point. The weather's right, dropped down, and yeah, I could not be more happy that winter's on his way. Uh, <laughs> no, you're right, good,
0: good. Yeah, yeah, I've been um, I've been busy playing too much VR. I've been playing too much um,
1: no. no Man's Sky. No, you're getting it wrong. There's never too much. i us just <laughs> that out there right now. There there is never a time limit you can put on that. Yeah, I've just been playing too much
0: because uh, having doing the upgrade when I did the upgrade to the processor, yeah. I've now got ev- everything on ultra, cool. and and just the planets are just unbelievable. A difference, doesn't it? You know, when it's you, the fact that I'm standing in the, at the bottom of a great big crater looking up and just thinking, This is just one small part of one world yeah. that will take me months to. Yeah look around let alone the trillion of other planets to look at as well and there's been quite a few upgrades uh sort of updates and stuff um uh, desolation was the latest one where there's it's quite expensive to buy the the ticket to do it but they're 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 um freighters that are abandoned and they've done it like an alien thing where you go through it and you can scavenge and uh and um, take bits and pieces from it and sell it but also there's aliens and bits and pieces on it that obviously are coming after you as well mm. so that's quite nice. good that's quite yeah. good um, yeah and I managed to watch a few films
1: um, there's a surprise Django
0: Unchained <laughs> <laughs> some, just some older ones that I just hadn't had a chance like Django Unchained and stuff like because I've seen The Hateful Eight but never that that was good and the uh, Godzilla because uh, I have wanted to watch the sequel because obviously the next film is bringing together King Kong yeah. so When's that coming wanted, out? Yeah, I, to I don't know So many know. films I mean, have been delayed that, It's
1: just.
0: Well, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah
0: Okay let's perch on the edge of our seat and discuss what's piqued our interest since our last episode with So Far So Good One thing I will just say before we do anything else Quite sad, recently that uh, Chadwick uh, Boseman has uh, passed away. Our ruler of Wakanda. Yeah, it was a
1: bit of a surprise that one. I didn't even know he, had, yes. he had, was suffering with any kind of condition. I didn't
0: know. No, a, a lot, of, a lot of people didn't. A lot of people didn't. He's only forty three. Yeah. So yeah, just wanted to mention that because that's been a bit of a hit. Uh, because obviously, I was looking forward to the sequel. Have they filmed it? No, uh, no. It, the I was reading a uh, quite a heart quite a strong heartfelt letter from the director uh saying how he's been working on the script oh. and he's been visualizing the lines that would have been said and everything like that and now it's you know it's not going to happen so um yeah i don't know if they'll recast mm. or decide not to do it as well but uh, it seems all through the whole life of his character in in the marvel universe he was suffering from mm. that and, and nobody yeah. knew because he you know he was a very private man
1: but then you know for for him to be going through that and yet the roles the role that he played was quite an energetic character, so it was like a lot of running and a lot of you know action and all the rest of it and it must have been quite painful at times for him and he just you know just gone with it
0: yeah absolutely mm. yeah yeah and um, yeah, a couple of other things um mega city one t v show really Yep, it was originally announced way back in 2017 and there's been a recent update from Rebellion's uh, CEO Jason Kingsley and he's saying everything's ready to go, scripts are done, they're just waiting for all this Covid restrictions and stuff for them to actually get started on filming it. Uh, they're trying to get Carl Urban back. They even mentioned maybe Sylvester Stallone. You know, so they've everything's ready. They're just deciding how they want to deal with certain characters. So whether or not, with the ongoing situation, it could be canned, mm. not too sure, because... Yeah,
1: I, I'm I'm sure I read somewhere where I heard that Carl Urban was up for a, a TV series of, at some point, but, you know...
0: Yeah, because he was up for um, you know a sequel mm. and so was I to to his film uh, the 2012 uh, Dread film but you know things happen and maybe it's, I, I would prefer a TV series
1: nowadays which film do you prefer though out of the two well the two most <laughs> famous ones
0: I, I really you know they've both got their charms and it's history wise I mean I went to the cinema to see both of them and you know, Judge Dredd at the time with Sylvester Stallone was good, but what really put me off was the fact that he took the helmet yeah. off. So that you know, the first part of that film I really love. Everything after that is a is a Sylvester Stallone yeah, movie, yeah, a bit of a comedy show as well,
1: a, like with a, with a, with a with yeah, whole rather, religious family and that like the cannibals and. and yeah, you
0: know, a bit. I, I think yeah, I think that's kind of, yeah, and it's a heightened. It's it, it's it's meant to be a bit more tongue in cheek, whereas the Carl Urban, uh, Dread was very serious, was dark, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah, yeah, which I put. I don't know for most people with the comic. I mean, what do they prefer? Because the comics are a bit dark, sort of
1: yeah.
0: out there. Yeah. Well, well, they have also got their comedic, you know, the comedy side as well. Because with certain things that you see in it, um, so I, I like i like both of them i do prefer the the carl urban one
1: but the simple fact that he uh, does keep his personally.
0: helmet on yeah as well as just oh well it's a bit more grittier yeah. as
1: well yeah, yeah. Oh, i agree with yeah. You on that anyway yeah interrupted.
0: uh that's nice no, all right that's all right um yeah so that was one bit of good news uh one bit of bad news uh, altered carbon season three has been cancelled yeah
1: I, I, I thought season one was really good I didn't know they weren't carrying the, the characters over to season two. I got about two or three episodes into season two, and I thought, this is not not what I thought it was going to be, and I stopped watching it.
0: I, I suppose, um, you know, with the nature of the story, you, you're going to have the same character, but not the same actor, depending. Yeah. But I've, I'm one of these people where I'm saying, oh, season three's been cancelled. But I haven't seen season two. Yeah, don't bother. Because I really I love the first one, And after so many things out there, I thought, right, I must get to watch that. And I never have. I've I've been so far behind with everything. I did read that it deviated significantly from the book two, Mm. Broken Angels, to the fact that a direct adaptation of book three, Woken Furies, would be impossible. So I haven't seen it, to to be 100% sure, but that's just what I was reading up on, is the fact that, right, okay... um, why, why did they change it that mm. much you've got three perfectly good stories there, that why don't you just run with it, and, and stick to the stick to your guns, but uh, I, I think the second season had uh, definitely a lower budget, mm. so whether or not it was a fact that there was something just not right there which is it's a shame, because the first season was right. was was a blight yeah, yeah, I think yeah, if they had managed blind. to keep the
1: same actors I think season two might have done a, a lot better, but the actors that they brought in just, it, i just there was no connection for the, from the first series it was like it was a, a completely different not a different show as such but it just went off in such a different angle it's like well hold on a minute i've got i've just watched so many episodes from season one i've got used to those actors the way they portray the character and then you you bin them off and bring in a whole load of other ones it, it just didn't work for me then there's another thing that's just it's kind of
0: Good news? Bad news? I don't think it's bad news for me. Uh uh, Because it doesn't really bother me that we now know the title if it is the real one. Have you heard that Jared Leto has spoiled the Tron 3 title? I
1: I knew he had spoiled it, but I don't know what it is. But go on, you you can tell me it's fine.
0: Uh, I'm going to spoil it for you now.
1: (laughs) Well, um, it's a deleted tweet.
0: And I'll read the whole thing out for you because... In the in the tweet, you can see that he's he's very passionate about it and he's looking forward to it, which is a good yeah. thing. And literally so I'm so very excited and proud to, to confirm that yes, I will be starring in Tron Ares. Oh. We will work as hard as we possibly can to create something that I hope you will love. We have some very special ideas in store for you all. See you in the grid. Right. Now Aries is the like son of zeus is a greek god of war mm. but it may not be the title it could be just be a, be a working title a bit like say for instance blue harvest was for yeah but the, the fact generally that, generally that they've deleted that. the tweet
1: there's got to be something there
0: but and i'm thinking well what, what's it what's in that i mean that that tells me not nothing really. anyway and i don't mind knowing the title of it i want to see the film and because i thought we'd never get a three
1: well there is a couple of things about it that it's got an unknown director and an unknown writer. If you you look up and see the previous works they've done, they've they've not done a lot. Um,
0: well, but may, yeah, maybe that needs maybe.
1: a fresh pair of eyes. And, but uh, you know, he, he's the only
0: one who's been because there's been no, no other cast members no. either associated
1: with it, so they've got to bring Jeff Are Bridges other... back before it's too late. They have to. They have
0: well, to. Uh, yeah, but he he's, is Tron. He's I know count, he's not so... Tron, but
1: he is the film. Well. <laughs>
0: the film. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they they could do it a bit like uh, maybe it's just in it. You know, maybe they'll do the little segment where he's in to just connect it up enough. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe because a bit like say say uh, Blade Runner twenty forty nine was, uh, you know, had a little bit of Harrison Ford, but he wasn't in the whole film.
1: Yeah, but they, they have to continue so... on from the second film because at the end of the second film his son is wearing basically the Tron universe around his neck he downloaded it all and he's wearing it around his yes. neck if they just automatically start the film up and then you're within the Tron universe again it's like well you've missed a whole chunk out of how that come about because he must have got to tell the story of it basically coming off of his neck getting connected back in and reopening it back up again
0: well I suppose you've got that bit where and
1: you've got the whole bit about know, you... uh, was it Queer Qu- Quora she she was she was yes. built within the, the Tron yeah. universe, she's now out in the real world but well, they just going to kill off that character we're not going to find out her story because she was going to be something that was going to be something special in the real, real world, you know, she was going to have you know, health yeah, and
0: every, so yeah because it was going to be, this could have wide reaching effect with every part of her yeah. life sort of
1: yeah, yeah. So if they t- totally take those ideas and just do away with them, I, I don't know what direction the film's going to go in, we'll just have to wait and see but I, I don't know I reckon they'll
0: do a, a nice little um, uh, Terminator Dark Fate and uh, Alien 3 where they'll just you know, kill them off in the first yeah. uh, 30 seconds of the video. <laughs> it'll, it'll be,
1: forget Tron 1 and 2. Uh, they didn't happen. This is, this is it. This is the Tron film. Yeah. yeah. I hope not. But...
0: Hey. Uh, one one very last uh, thing I only noticed yesterday was there was a tweet from Sylvester Stallone. Yes, I was going to talk about he's this. Currently, but... Yeah, he's currently working on the
1: 35th anniversary of uh, and doing a director's cut of Rocky IV. Oh, yeah, I think the reason why he's doing that is because he's always come out and said that Rocky IV wasn't one of his favourite Rockies. So I think... It was for me. not me either. I love was, Rocky yeah. IV, but he's always come out yeah. and said that of all the Rocky films, Rocky IV wasn't his particular favourite. So... Him to then maybe rework on it, put a bit of the old Stallone magic in there. It could turn out to be a, a an even better film than what we already think it is.
0: Yeah, um, I mean, because I mean, for me, that had the best soundtrack. Oh, I mean, yeah. the training montage was was unbelievable. If I wanted to, you know, get ready for the gym when I used to go, get ready for the gym, put that on. Yeah, boom, that's that's it. Like, right, I right. Yeah, I was, yeah, I was going for it. And, and I would just uh,
1: recommend that anyway. If anybody's feeling a little bit down on themselves or a little bit low, just them up on YouTube. Don't just listen to the music, but watch the montages from from Rocky, because that will just pick you right back up again. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, yeah,
0: that's that's me done for.
1: So okay, well, you've time. taken what, one what of me got... one of me things. <laughs> Sorry. <to> <laughs> <laughs>
0: um,
1: the only other couple of things I want to talk about is um, there was a Gamescom um, expo. if feel like it was all done from from home. Um, normally, it's kind of like a done on stage, kind of thing, and it's just talking about games that are upcoming for the rest of the year in a, early into next year a couple of VR games, one we, we know about already which is uh, Star Wars Squadrons they've released the, the final single campaign trailer for that uh, and it's VR as we all know as well um, that looks absolutely great, but they've also announced a new Medal of Honor game that is 100% VR and the trailer they showed oh, it just looks woo, it looks great, I love it I
0: love it oh. I must admit, yeah, I've seen that. I was watching that yesterday, and just thought, "Oh my yeah. god!" You know, and uh, but they they want to try and do it because it, I think they said it's changed um, the the tone. With this new trailer, is has changed the tone of the game because it it doesn't seem to be so not cartoony, but they're they're trying to be sympathetic to survivors and veterans. Because if if you feel like you know this is the closest you're going to get to 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 try and you know experience what happened to yeah. them, um,
1: and and VR is is very good. It's a way to tell a story like that, isn't it? It's just perfect. Tell a story like it that. It could be
0: you know educational as well as entertaining. A little bit like Saving Private Ryan is the fact that there's that undertone of you know this. You need to learn this. You need to understand. Yeah. But also you've got the kind of Hollywood smear of stuff over yeah. it as well. But um, yeah, I must admit that trailer. Yeah, uh,
1: and, look and very like good. Squadrons, I, I think it's due to be released this year as well. So not long to wait.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean Squadrons, they're, they're saying they they thought it was going to be quite a sort of easy to, you know, just get down and do this and do that. But it seems to be there's quite there's a lot of depth. Yeah, in, there's a lot of depth to how you control your ship, where you put the power, all the different variant bits and pieces you can do with the ship as well. And I think people are surprised at how deep it actually is. it's going to be great. Um,
1: Just one other other item of news I've got. It's a, a little bit of a disappointment and going to be a big hit for Microsoft is that Halo Infinite, which was supposed to be the big launch title for the Xbox Series X, which is coming out in November, has been delayed until 2021 the game will not be releasing with the console now anybody that knows anybody think about the xbox xbox and halo are they go together one doesn't one's not going to survive without the other so they they did a gameplay trailer of halo infinite and people just was not happy with it 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 looked rubbish and and then later on came out that they weren't actually running it on the xbox series x hardware It was being run on a pc and Uh, you know if you looked in the background you can see the graphics popping in it just did not look very good graphically gameplay was fine but the look of it just wasn't up to what it should be up to like a next-gen console experience so yeah they've made the decision to delay it and that is going to hit the sales of the xbox series x significantly i think in the long run they'll probably do fine when the game does eventually release um, I think sales of it are, are going to be fine, but the launch window, with the lineup that Sony have got announced, and they've still got more to announce for the PlayStation Five, it is going to—they're they, predicting that it's going to sell more units than the Xbox Series One, two to one. So yeah, um, I, I have to admit, I've always been an Xbox fanboy, but this this generation of consoles, the, the, the PlayStation Five is, ooh, yeah, it's looking good for me. I really do like the look of it.
0: I think I think didn't you mention uh, when you spoke about this um, before that the first Halo was the only time there's ever been a Halo game yeah, that got released, released at the same with yeah. the console?
1: And because there's so much riding on these next generation consoles, they've you know they're, they're so powerful, the, the, the hardware they've put in it, um, it it was going to be the biggest launch title for Microsoft when the console releases. Now it's been delayed. Microsoft do not have a first party title release with this console, there's there's some good third-party uh, games, but nothing first-party, and that is going to hit the sales of it hard, Um certainly throughout the holiday season.
0: I don't get what Microsoft are doing. I, d- I don't get
1: their advertising
0: or no. or the fact that th- this has happened again.
1: They had they started uh, they started talking about Halo Infinite about two years ago at E3 saying it was going to come out on the next generation of consoles or whatever or maybe it was a year ago so how can they get it so wrong and they've had all that amount of time to work on it the only good thing out of it is that they've brought back one of the original designers of the first three halo games he left the company because halo the first three games were made by bungie and within bungie software was a group called 343 industries they kind of like went their own ways and then 343 took the rights to halo so they then started producing the games where this guy was continuing to work at bungie and he worked on a game called destiny which is quite well known he has now been brought back into 343 to oversee the project of halo infinite so there's going to be some good come out of it and i believe the game is going to be good when it does eventually release it has to be um but it's 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 a hit that it's been delayed yeah, definitely a hit. Okay, okay. So get get your money ready for your PS Five. Is all I'm going to say. <laughs> <laughs> just on one final thing on that, Sony have actually come out and said there's going to be a limited availability because of all the things that's been happening around the world, manufacturing slowed down. So when the pre-orders come out, if you really want one before Christmas or at Christmas, get your pre-order in as soon as you can when it comes when you can because there's limited units. I think.
0: Personally, for me, I probably won't upgrade until they've confirmed a new uh, headset it. for the VR. Yeah. Because and it must be honest, we're a little bit more in the line of right, like, what software, what new VR software, uh, games, etc., that you you're gonna put in there. What if, what if um, your current
1: PSVR <clears throat> is compatible with it? Would that not sway you?
0: Not really, because you you are restrained by what's in the headset. So the resolution yeah. of the of the of the monitor, uh, you know, it, it it was below par to a certain extent when it came out up against the, the lights of Oculus when it was first released. And now you've got like the Oculus S, you've got better uh, Vive headsets, you've got the Quest, mm. you've got inside outside tracking, you've got all these things. You've got, I mean for me not having analog sticks on the move controllers that's what it needs it needs these upgrades mm. and i understand that's good that there's everything's going to be compatible with the five but you
1: need to start upgrading the other mm. bits as well i think they will so, announce one it won't obviously won't be for launch i think it'll be at some point next year they'll they'll maybe not come out with the new headset but they'll announce it and it'll I, my guess it'll probably come out in 2022 you know from how good the the oculus s is and
0: the i mean the 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 playstation can be good having played the the demo of the iron man but it's the controllers that start letting it down without those analog. Yeah. so just just bring out new move controllers with analog sticks or something like that
1: but then I, I, that will be a good step forward yeah, my, my first experience was vr was when well we came around to yours and and i tried out your uh, your, your psvr that was my first experience in VR with the with the underwater demo with the shark and everything, um, and yeah, at the time that that blew me away, and um, you know especially the, the second demo where you were going down the motorway shooting. I was trying to reload my gun and I picked up the uh, <laughs> the, 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 the drink thing i was trying to reload my gun with a drink. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that was funny. Uh, so that oh. was my
1: first experience. Um, yeah, that blew me away then. So um, that brought me into VR. So, uh, yeah, hopefully they'll bring out a new
0: headset. It's the evolution of it, though. I mean, it's very quickly that you get used to these things. You go back to something like that now, and it just won't. you will be like, yeah, okay, whatever, right? Come on, where's yeah, the rest where's of the it? New thing. You know, because it's literally that Jurassic Park, Jurassic Park Two. Yeah, I've seen dinosaurs. What else you got for me? And the, the fact is that we we don't want wave shooters anymore. We want we want something that is a decent story with decent structure and is a few hours and
1: is worth the yeah. money. That we're going to pay yeah, for it. Pay fifty, sixty quid for a for a game, and it lasts twenty minutes. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. And also, I mean, with the fact of, of, of being able to play like the likes of No Man's Sky and and Half Life Alex has absolutely changed the scene for VR mm. for gamers, mm. because you know Half Life Alex was practically photo realistic in certain parts, and and it was like right, okay, this this has set the bar even higher for everybody else. You start coming down. And 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 saying, oh, we've got this new game out for the PS5, but it only runs on old hardware on the PSVR. It's not gonna look. It's not gonna. It's gonna do it. Um, you know, an injustice. It's gonna be like saying, oh, okay, now you can watch Star Wars, but you need to watch it in black and white and mm. mono. You're not gonna yeah. do it. Yeah. Oh, I'll so, get that. Let's move on to the next part of that show, where each of us share with you something we personally like. So plump those cushions, put your feet up, and relax with this episode's sofas focus. Right, I have, or I want to talk about Alien 3, but not the David Fincher movie we all know, or want to forget... (sighs) This is the Alien 3 from an unproduced screenplay by William Gibson. It was the first time that that William had written a screenplay, and it was the first time he'd done any work for hire, because normally he obviously writes his own stuff, Necromancer and all that sort of stuff. It said that uh, the producers wanted a a, a sort of, rather than a serviceable serviceable screenplay, which... uh, Gibson thought that's what they wanted, they want a screenplay to make a movie from he later found out that ideally what they wanted was the cyberpunk flash that he would bring to it and then put that into somebody else's screenplay but what he actually gave was a screenplay that could have been a film and then he'd done a revision of that screenplay like a second draft and then that was it, that's all he was involved with and that was that but then the first screenplay got leaked on the internet and people were going oh hang on a minute i like this so it kind of brought up the fact that then dark horse said right let's do some comics and the second draft is what they based a five issue comic on it's a very good story it runs from aliens so the end of aliens i think i think the best thing to do will be to say there's going to be spoilers so if you don't want to listen to this what i'm going to do is i'll put in a little bit in a minute to say when i'm actually stop spoiling it for everybody i'll put a time so if you want to fast forward to that time to miss all this okay uh or if you just want to listen to it that's fine but i'll I'll give a time in a minute to to say right this is where you need to go up to if you don't want to listen to the, the spoilers in this Okay so the time you want to go to is 34 minutes and 40 seconds to miss all the spoilers uh, basically this this isn't really more about, this isn't really about Ripley Ripley in the beginning of the story uh she is uh, her, her sleeping like pod is damaged uh-huh. and she's pretty much out for most of the film. It centers more on Hicks and Bishop. And it's the the whole world is is sort of now at war to a certain extent, or, you know, the, between the um, the peoples, the the Socialist Union of uh, Progressive Peoples, the UPP, and the United Americas, which is kind of like your Wayland Utani and stuff like that. So it's you you got to imagine when this came out, this was obviously in the eighties. So you had the USSR against the yeah. um, you know US and, and stuff like that. <clears throat> And it deals with the fact that uh, half of Bishop is um, obviously left over from the end of Aliens. But what you didn't know was, was the Alien Queen had put an egg or planted an egg in him. And that's where the next alien starts to grow. Oh. Okay. So he's obviously in the in the uh, sleeping chamber. And that's doing its business while he's in that. Uh the ship the sulaco goes into part of the uh, upp's area that they they control but literally <clears throat> they've only got like 20 minutes to to get on the ship have a little look around before it goes back into the um united americas area as it's floating through and they end up opening up bishops bishop's uh, th- pod thing one of them obviously gets attacked by the uh, facehugger that comes out of that and runs into the ship and disappears. They think, We can't, we haven't got time to go and get him, we've got to, to get out. And they end up grabbing what's left of Bishop, jumping off the ship, and then it obviously goes into like a United, UAE sort of area, and then they grab the ship. Right. So you've got these two stories going with, hang on a minute, one of them's got I'm obviously. Yeah, one, the alien's on the ship that has obviously gone to the UA, but they've got Bishop that obviously they're taking samples off of him and they've got the alien as well. Right. So in part of the story, it's more of a case of uh, rather than um, the normal alien, which is obviously what's happened with one of the, the UPP's people on the solarco you've also got this way of how it, it's uh, contagious from like um breathing spores in and stuff like right. that which is obviously from what the side of the story that bishops uh, remains if so to speak are, are being used um eventually they uh give bishops body back and they've rebuilt him gave him legs and and stuff like that it's a, it's a really good story because the the first draft that he did was more action and more in tone with aliens but the second draft was a little bit less action and more in tone with the first film. So he he sort of ramped down the amount of aliens that was in the story, and as as I say, the the how you could become an alien became a bit more airborne, um, and it it what they what he described it as the change. So a rapid and involuntary change in the human skeleton and muscular makeup below the skin, and a newly formed xenomorph would graphically tear the flesh, fleshy sort of husk off its body. So instead of like bursting, yeah. literally the alien was becoming, was literally the whole body. Right. And would literally rip oh, off the human skin afterwards and be yeah, yeah. like the alien. And it's kind of the, the the only thing that was really left over, kind of weirdly from his screenplays for Alien 3, was literally a barcode ah. on the Definitely back of the neck. Yeah. That's it. That's all that remains for it. But if you think how, what happens in Alien Covenant, when they step, o- step on those sort of plant spores yeah, and that, they, they breathe in. that in. That was sort of in there as well. As I say, this, this was a, uh, released in late 2018. It's a five-issue uh, series. What's it, what's it called? Is it actually called Alien 3? It, it, it literally is called Alien 3, the unproduced screenplay by William Gibson. And uh, the artwork is lovely. It was done by uh, a chappie called uh, Johnny Christmas... From Dark Horse Comics, and he adapted the second, drafted the screenplay, and also did all the illustrating as well. So, um, this this two parts to this because I, I enjoyed the graphic novel, and then realised that there was an audio drama from Audible. Oh
1: yeah,
0: that had also adapted it. Oh so you can listen to the actual story but with a full cast of people including michael bean as hicks oh really and lance henry yeah and oh, lance yeah. Henriksen as bishop right yeah so the the drama was created by a, a chap called dirk mags and uh, he's done some uh, really great <clears throat> full cast dramas with the hitchhikers guide to the galaxy and dirk gently and also some other alien stories as well <laughs> So you've got lovely sound effects and full cast, you know, bringing the characters to life. Mm. And this particular one was released in May uh, 2019, so it's pretty recent. There's some really nice humour bits in it as well. Uh, there's a bit where Bishop is... Um, literally, he's put in charge of these aliens again, like he was a little bit in Aliens. Because yeah. he says, uh, I was about to destroy them when Hicks knocked at the door. And there's another chap there said, "Well, why didn't you do it?" And he said, "Because Hicks knocked at the door." (laughs) (laughs) So literally, there's bits and pieces (sighs) there where, and and Hicks and Bishop have a a, a little to and fro. And he said, "You know, you were never this annoying." Those little bits in it bring it to life and connect it uh, to to the actual original aliens. And um, there's there's one other thing that I said I was going to get to. If you look on YouTube there's a youtuber called elm Reros, so e l m r e r o s and he's posted a movie and literally it's combining the audio drama with some sequences from the films and the cells from the graphic novel that he's animated slightly and literally is an hour and a half really? movie yeah Ooh. and and it it, you get so into the the drama, so into the audio drama that you're forgetting when it it goes from different scenes to then back to the graphic novel to then a, a slight like a, a bit of the uh, monitors from Alien that he's grabbed yeah. that bit of footage and put that in there and 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 it really it, again it's it brings another level to it. I mean the the audible um, just just having the audio of the drama is good. But having this visual side of it as well brings it another yeah. sort of side of it out. Oh, nice. That's my Alien Three that never was. Yeah, which should have
1: been by the sounds of it.
0: I liked it. It was going a completely different way and it was showing stuff that we'd never seen before. So what you got for us?
1: Okay, so I thought I would talk about a series that's a spin off from a well known eighties film and the film was well known the karate kid. And the spin off series is called cobra kai uh, there's been two seasons so far it first season came out in 2018 second season 2019 and there's a third season which has just had a sort of mini preview if you like on you can see it on youtube and that's coming out in 2021 um it stars the original characters from the first film so ralph machio as daniel larusso and william zebka as johnny lawrence and it very much picks up from 30 years or later from when the first film ends. At the end of the first film, there's obviously no big spoilers here because everybody should have seen it by now. But the All-Valley Karate Championship, Daniel LaRusso beats his rival, Johnny Lawrence, in the, in the final of the, of the championship and wins the competition. 30-odd years later, they've not obviously seen each other, been anywhere near each other, but that rivalry very much is still in the back of their minds. And also the tables are slightly turned as well. Whereas in the film, Johnny Lawrence was quite well off. He, he, uh, you know, his mum had hooked up with a guy who's had a lot of money. And they, they lived in a, a well-to-do area where Daniel LaRusso was this down and beaten kid. He lived with his mum. They didn't have any money. They just happened to move into the area because his mum got a new job. So they, they didn't have next to nothing. Um, Tables have turned slightly where now Johnny Lawrence is like a handyman struggling to get by paying the bills, and Daniel aruso owns his own car uh, showroom business, so he's got various showrooms and he's doing really well for himself. He's like got plenty of money. But so they haven't seen each other for all this time, and then um Johnny Lawrence gets visited by his stepdad and basically says, I want you, I'm done with you, I want you out of my life. Writes him out a check and says, Right, yeah, he's a tonne of money, I want nothing more to do with it because his mum's passed, passed away at this point. So Johnny Lawrence doesn't want the money, rips the, the cheque up, throws it in the bin and um, off he goes. Now he goes off for a drive in his, his car late at night and he starts reminiscing about the old championship and the old times and all the rest of it and um, he's parked up outside where um, the All Valley competition w- was held and he's just sitting there and this car comes along with a bunch of girls in it Smashes into the side of him. They um they don't stop and they they run off. And uh so the car company has to come and pick up his car, and he gets towed into one of LaRusso's dealerships for repair. <laughs> so he's not happy about that. So he tries to stealthily go in there the next day to get his car back without anybody seeing him, especially Daniel LaRusso. But that don't quite go to plan. Daniel LaRusso turns up and sees him and they, they get talking. Um unknown at the time to johnny lawrence is that one of the passengers in the car of these group of girls that smashed into his car is daniel larusso's daughter So uh that the whole kind of like story gets going from there the whole rivalry again and uh daniel larusso makes one comment that says the world is a better place without cobra kai and that was the karate club that johnny lawrence was a member of so that it all back up again so Johnny Lawrence drives home, gets to check out the, the bin that he ripped up, tapes it back together and opens up her new Cobra Kai uh, dojo if you like and um, there's a local boy called Miguel he's like the Daniel LaRusso of the first film, he's lives with his mum, they've not got a lot of money but they happen to live in the same complex as Johnny Lawrence um, and he's out getting a bit of shopping and Johnny Lawrence is sitting on outside the shop just eating a bit of pizza because that's all he could afford to buy because he hasn't got a lot of money and these kids start picking on this Miguel so Johnny Lawrence sticks up for him and um basically kicks their asses and um, it later turns out that Johnny Lawrence once he's opened up this dojo needs needs a student and takes this Miguel under his arm to become his student so the story progresses progresses there that he's training this this down out kid that's the whole flip on the, the whole story from the first one where mr miyagi took daniel larusso and was teaching him jolly lawrence is now taking this kid and teaching him but there's another twist to the story as well jolly lawrence has a son but he has nothing to do with him ever since he was born but the boy knows who is that's his dad but there's no connection there now the boy starts working at larusso's um car dealership um so they they start a connection there and then before you know it, Daniel LaRusso is teaching Johnny Lawrence's son karate. <laughs> but Daniel LaRusso doesn't know that he is Johnny Lawrence's son, not until towards the end of, of the series where they um they get all at the all valley karate championship and again it's Miyagi do karate against you know, Cobra Kai, and that's where they find out that you know he's his son and um it, it, it's it's a great it's a it's a great series. If you love the first Karate Kid, you 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 must see it. The the, the only thing that, that put it off first time round is that when the f- series first came round, it was on YouTube Red, which is now known as YouTube yeah. Premium, and that, you had to pay for that. So that's why a lot of people may not have seen it. But as of Friday, the twenty eighth of August, Netflix own have now brought the rights. So the first two series uh. are now on Netflix, and they will be bringing. Series three as well, so. yeah. Because I I heard about it,
0: but I, again, I thought YouTube. I thought, oh well, I'll, I'll catch up with it later. But I've I've only I really enjoyed the first movie, yeah. but never really got into any of the others. Yeah. Maybe, maybe I, I watched like the the the, the next Karate Kid. I, I didn't go anywhere near the Jackie Chan one. No, Um it's a bit weird. The, ja- the I...
1: Jackie Chan one, Jackie, the Jackie Chan one, is called the Karate Kid still, but it's not Karate, It's Kung Fu, which if anybody knows their martial arts are comp- two completely different yeah and they're from yeah. two different countries as well um yeah weird um interesting yeah. fact though is that during the credits of cobra kai you'll see will smith's name come up as the right. executive producer his company owns part of the company that's making cobra kai wow. so it's it is backed by will smith
0: yeah, because you you had I mean you obviously had the original in '84, uh, and you had parts one, a uh, part two, and part three. You, then you had the next variety yeah. with Hilary Swank, which I, I remember sort of picking that one up with Hilary with Hilary Swank, thinking, okay, that wasn't too bad, because I wanted something different. Because I just thought, oh, why are you you're sort of dragging all this out? And as I say, didn't go anywhere near the Jackie Chan one purely because I just too many other things to watch, and you know, catch up with it later and I heard about this one and I'm kind of thinking, I know it's spun it on his head. So uh, are they sort of saying that the Daniel character is the bad guy now? Or it's weird. Because uh, what, what do
1: you think? Cause... Yeah, it's hot. It's half and half. He's, it's just like they've taken the, not only taken the characters and, and totally flipped them on their sides, as far as their wealth is concerned, but also it's like they've taken each of the character, cut them down the middle and they're kind of like half good, half bad each. So, you know, when Johnny Lawrence is now teaching this kid, he's got all the good intentions because he didn't really, he wasn't really there for his own boy. He's trying to be there for this boy and teach him karate and give him confidence and all the rest of it. And the boy also suffers from asthma as well. And like Cobra Kai doesn't stand for none of that. It's like no mercy. So he he tries to build the the boy up to be like stronger in himself as well. Um. Again, on the flip side, Daniel LaRusso is still got this hatred for, for Cobra Kai. Yet he finds this this boy that's working at his his dealership, uh, takes him under his arm. Um, but they're each a bit of a a hole in their own way. Yeah. It, it,
0: so you say so? Daniel the character had a son.
1: No, Johnny, Johnny Lawrence has a has a son. Oh, Johnny Lawrence has a son had that had didn't want anything him to do with all, all, all his right, life. Right, 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 right. Um, and he then gets starts getting trained by by. Daniel LaRusso, which Johnny has no knowledge of at, at, at the beginning of the series. Um it'll... so so does, does he know he obviously knows
0: that he's his son. Yes. as the series goes on yes. but it, yeah. Cuz I was to sort of think. cuz what I was going to say you need to sell this to me because I know nothing about it yeah. and was going to stay away because I just thought well it's it's not so much a rehash but are they so what what why should I bother to watch this? Yeah. Because it's, it's, like you say, it's, have you got anybody to actually root for, or is, it, or is it quite not difficult but kind of a different story where yeah. you've got good and bad, like you say, good and bad in each of them? But who are
1: you actually who do you want to win? So to speak? that's the strange thing about it in certain aspects, you want them both to win, and it's still very much Cobra Kai against like Miyagi, karate It's like there's that rivalry there, but they're each as bad as each other, so there's not one real winner that you're rooting for over the other its a case of, well, you're being a bit of an a-hole and you're being a bit of an a-hole. And the, and the story I think is very much down to the the children as well. It's not just about the rivalry of the two, uh, the two adults, but also now the rivalry started to begin with the, the, the two boys as well. Cause they, they, they're clashing and cause they had to fight each other in the, uh, all, Chally, all Valley Championship towards the end of the first series. So right. they've got that rivalry there as well. But, yeah, there's no, no clear good guy versus bad guy out of this. They're both as bad as each other. And they're like little kids. And there's just like... It's as just, though just like they've picked up from where it was at the end of the first film. And there's just... Other than the wealth flipping on its side, they're still, still both at each other's throats trying to get one over each on each other. <laughs> and um it's a great series. Like,
0: like you said... See- like you said, it's going into the it's going into the third. Do you think the story's strong enough to oh, support yeah. it? Oh I'm, I'm yeah.
1: halfway through series two, and I I was a little worried that it wasn't going to be as good. It's only it's only like ten episodes per per series, but I'm halfway through series two, and it is just as good as the first series. And also, they're bringing back characters from the films as well. So Johnny Lawrence's oh. Sensei uh, Reese's his name was, is made uh, played by Martin Cove. Who was? Yeah. The, oh, um, yeah, yeah. In, 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 <laughs> yeah. We spoke about it, but they, uh, the Rambo yeah, in the rainbow special. Yeah, with the Rambo, Yeah. 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 <laughs> so he, he, I don't want to spoil it if you haven't seen it, but he he appears there, and he's very much prominent in series two so far. And it's been confirmed that Ali, who was the girlfriend of Johnny Lawrence in the first film, that ends up then going, you know, being the, the girlfriend of Daniel Russo. Uh, she is going to be in series. She comes back for series three. Is that it's going to be played by Elizabeth Shue as well? So it's Ah. the original actress, right? Yeah, yeah. So we've got Martin Cove, who was Sensei Reese. He's he's turned up. Um, We've got Ali coming back, Elizabeth Shue, and then there's also been um, like in the in the brief trailer that they showed. it's, It's it's really quick to try and see it, but someone's paused it, and it looks like the face of one of the characters that Daniel's fighting in Series Three. Is from The Karate Kid 2 is when they go to Okinawa the the uncle's nephew he apparently is going to be in series 3 and him and Daniel clash again so they're bringing back back characters from the films Uh. Um, yeah if you haven't watched this Steve I'll tell you I I was a bit sort of like sceptical about it um, because the first film was great the second one was mm, okay but the third one was like a steaming pile of you know what yeah yeah uh, i wasn't sure about it and the fact that it was on youtube as well that i ended up buying the first series on on itunes because i wanted i wanted to watch it you know if i'd known it was coming to netflix like six months later i wouldn't have bothered but now that it's on Netflix, if you've got i know you've got a netflix account yeah definitely at least watch the first couple of episodes of series one i think you're going to get hooked into it and each episode is only like 20 odd minutes to half an hour maximum Uh, they're not long episodes um each episode tells its own little part of the story. I wonder if is it worth just having a little refresher with with sort of one.
0: Now you've said some a character from number two is in it. Is it worth having a refresher watching one and two before going into the series, or only if you, well, do you think you can just pick it up? Yeah, you'll
1: you'll pick it up. Well, Martin Cove, who plays the sensei, he's very much from the first film only. He, he appears briefly in the of the second film, where you know, he takes off straight after the championship, and he's. Miyagi stands up to him and he, he tries to punch Miyagi. Maggie moves out of the way and he puts his fists through uh, the glass of a car, which LaRue, yeah. Daniel Russo makes a reference to in the second series. He asks him at one ah. point, how's, how's your <laughs> knuckles? <laughs> <laughs> and there's constant flashbacks to the films as well, which is which is nice as well. So, um, okay. Yeah, so Martin Cove has been brought back and also Elizabeth Shue and possibly this, I think his name is Chang or something like that from... The second film from Sato's uh, nephew, he's looks what like he's going to be in it as well.
0: When you say flashbacks, do you mean they talk about it or you actually no, you see, actually see, see the old film?
1: Yeah. So when
0: join Oh, you actually yeah, see yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Ah, so really then you don't really have to watch the other ones. You can just pick yeah. it up. But I don't
1: like um, yeah, if you're saying, yeah, I think in, in Rocky 2 where Rocky f- gets his Trans Am, he's driving along, there's that bit of music playing, he starts seeing flashbacks of his flight fight with Apollo. Yeah. It's a bit like that. Yeah. So. Oh, right, okay. is in his car, he's driving around, there's this bit of music playing and he starts getting flashback from from the first film and you actually yeah you, you see the footage but yeah cool. as i say each episode is only 20 odd minutes to, to 30 minutes maximum it's just to spend an hour watching the first two episodes see if you get hooked on it it's worth it okay okay i love it sounds good sounds <laughs> good <laughs> you know, when nice. the karate kid came out i don't know about you but i i, I, I was well i mean to be martial arts but i could never do it but when that film came out there i remember trying to balance on my bed of my bed trying to with one, with one foot in the air you know trying to get you did that as a kid though didn't you you know whenever you're watching an action film you became that you know i was rambo at the end of a rambo film or you know and it... oh we all we all practice the wax on yeah, wax that's off what I, mean. I, years, I used to stand there yeah. doing the moves yeah and then at one point i was just to stand on the edge of my bed try to balance up on one foot it's like was that the crane? Yeah. Was yeah, that called yeah, the, the crane, crane it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it does bring back all that back when you watch these series, and they they've picked up right off where they were as well. It's like it's as though because they've not played these characters for thirty odd years, it's as though they've just walked, got straight back into it, and they're they're just obviously a lot older, but still playing the same same characters, and it's great. Same characters, fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, the old wax off, wax on, wax off, paint the fence. He's used to stand there doing. do it.
0: <laughs> that's, oh, yeah, that's it. Yeah, but
1: <laughs> yeah. I don't want to spoil it or anything like that, but with, with the old miyagi though, he he, bring, he brings these practices in to, to teach the, the boy as well. So, yeah, it's definitely worth a watch. Yeah. Definitely worth a watch. Okay, cool. I, I will. I will. i definitely have a yeah, look. Good. Definitely have a look. Okay,
0: let's move on to the next part of our show. So at last, it's time to lift and look under those cushions and find out what's been lost for a few years in Retro Raiders. Right, I've got a lovely film called Krull to talk about. Uh, have you heard of it?
1: <laughs> I have heard of it. I own it. <laughs> I have to confess, it's in my library. You know, one of these films that comes on offer, you buy it, and it sits there. Uh, so I haven't seen it. I know of it. I know rough, the rough story of it, but as far as I go,
0: um, it was released in '83. Um, and pretty sure I went to the cinema to see it. I'm pretty sure I did. It's a sort of cross between. Star Wars, Lord of the Rings, Excalibur. Uh, it's about a prince and a fellowship of companions who set out to rescue his bride from a, a large fortress of an alien invader who's arrived on their home planet. So basically, the, at the start of the film, you see this um,
1: large mountain asteroid mountain type. Thing, yeah,
0: yeah mounted thing that sort of that lands on the the planet and basically that's where this beast is, and you see them all uh, riding out on their horses and stuff uh, to capture this bride. If he can get her to to marry him, then obviously the the world will be devastated, mm-hmm. etc., all that sort of stuff. So a, a pretty sort of basic
1: story, good for evil kind of thing. it um, be bad. Yeah, yeah.
0: It's directed by Peter Yates, who done Bullet. And the deep, with Nick Nolte and Jacqueline Bisset, uh, Robert Shaw, etc., and who later did *The Innocent Man* with Tom Selleck. So he he kind of picked this movie because he'd he done like gritty, more grittier films. He just wanted to have a little go at your, you know the fantasy side. Yeah. Uh, the music was composed by James Horner, who'd wow. literally just done a year before The Wrath of Khan, Star Trek 2 And you can really hear some of the bits and pieces in in the soundtrack to this, which is is, is quite good. Yeah, I must admit, this, the
1: soundtrack to this is very good. Unfortunately, he's yeah. no longer with us. He, um, no, he was a favourite of uh, James Cameron. James Cameron used him quite often in his films. Yeah, he used him in Aliens and Titanic. Yeah. and. Uh, the Abyss, and, I think. He, yeah,
0: yeah, he was also, um, um, did music for Braveheart and Field of yeah. Dreams and stuff like that. So he's, he's got quite a well-known body of work. Um, the budget, although I can't find anywhere where it actually confirms it, was between 30 and 47 million. So quite, oh, quite a high. high budget, yeah, for the time. If you consider that, round about the same time, Jedi only had a budget of about thirty two and a half. Mm. Oh, well, that's you know. None of these things are really confirmed. You can find some stuff on the internet, but nothing is really. Oh, this is how yeah. much was spent, etc. It stars Ken Marshall as uh, Colwyn or Luke Skywalker, oh, <coughs> but like that uh, a bit. <laughs> uh. and and he, I think he does a really good job. He's the leading man. He, he could play a very good Robin Hood. Uh, and you can see it in this film as well um, he didn't really do a lot afterwards he just done like Deep Space Nine and Quantum Leap and stuff like that he was very good friends with Christopher Reeve and Robin Williams which is kind of funny because at the time Christopher Reeve was in the other st- sound stage because uh, Superman 3 was being filmed right. at the same time this was being yeah. made um, <clears throat> you've got um, uh, Lisette Anthony who played Lisa which is kind of like the Lear character uh, and and she does a really good job. Apart from her voice was dubbed. Really? Uh, yep, by a American actress. I was gonna say,
1: she's British, isn't she? Yeah.
0: Yep, yep. Uh, it was felt by a sort of producer at Columbia that her British accent would put the American audience off. Was an idiot. That would have
1: made it. it would yep, have been better. Pretty much.
0: <clears throat> and the fact that she was she was nineteen at the time, but she's dubbed by Linda Krauss who you see her in Slapshot and stuff like that, and she was like 35 uh. years old. So you've got a 35-year-old dubbing a 19. Yeah, uh, And I must admit, the cast is very, very good. You've got Freddie Jones as Unia, uh, the old one, yeah. or Kenobi, uh. as I like to call him. Because <laughs> uh, Freddie Jones is well-known known from like Dune and Firefox, yeah. and we've spoken about him before. Uh, you've got Francesca Annis, who, who was a widow of the web, or, or, or She-Lob, should we call it. Mm. <laughs> uh, so there's a big spider in it as well. Uh, but she was also in Dune. Uh, you've got the wonderful Bernard Breslaw, uh. who who was playing Cyclops, uh, which is kind of like the chewy character, I think. Um, then <laughs> you've got a very strange one, David Batley, who played Ergo you may know him as mr turkentine does that ring a bell mm. mr turkentine no. no no charlie bucket's teacher oh. from chocolate charlie and the chocolate factory <laughs> he, <laughs> and he he does he plays a really good a good character in this um he's like um he's like the c3po he's he's very much the the comedy sort of sidekick right Sort of thing, and he keeps turning himself, even though he's trying to turn other people. He keeps turning himself into different creatures, <laughs> and um, and then he comes back and he's all right. And he keeps going on about gooseberry pies and stuff. And um, one other uh, uh, character he did play in in something different was uh, he was a cab driver in Grange Hill.
1: Oh well, that's uh, kind of put on your CV, isn't it?
0: Which brings us to Todd Carty, oh, who's also in no. this, yes, <laughs> as Oswin. And this was after he was Tucker Jenkins, but before he was Mark Fowler. Ah. So he's in this. You've got uh, um, Alan Armstrong, who plays Talk who's kind of like the Han Solo character. He's he's um, uh, um, not a robber, but he's like uh, a part of a, a, a band of it's like bandit more than anything else and um, he won't take the shackles off that he's got when he was caught until he finishes this quest. Oh, yeah. So he's kind of like a, a bad guy, but he's got you know good, good intentions. Um, Alan Armstrong, you would have seen him in Sleepy Hollow as The High Constable. He was also in The Mummy Returns, Van Helsing, Bridge Too Far. He was in Get Carter, and he's also been in the TV series Penny Dreadful. Right. Oh, yeah. Now you got to, you've got John Welsh who played the Seer, who is kind of like the Gandalf character. Right. He plays it really well because there's at one point in the in the film he's doubled. He, he obviously the 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 Beast uh, makes this sort of doppelganger of him, and when they're uh, fighting together, it's kind of. The seer is more gentle character, whereas obviously when the beast is playing him, he's, he looks really look quite frightening. Right. Um, and uh, some of this film is, even though it's a PG and for kids, there's some bits in it you go, ooh, ooh, no. Um, then you have two other characters: Robbie Coltrane is Rune, uh, Mister Hagrid himself, who again was dubbed. So his voice is not in the film, and he was dubbed by Michael Elphick, who is more well-known from the TV series Boom. Again, maybe he had too much of a Scottish accent, don't know, but he was dubbed anyway. And Liam Neeson as uh, Keegan. So there's your Star Wars connection with Qui-Gon (laughs) Jinn.
1: Considering that the, the film had quite a big budget, they obviously didn't spend it on the cast. (laughs)
0: <laughs> well, they were all relatively unknowns yeah. because they were all you know they 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 sort of took them all from the Shakespeare sort of companies they went they went and sort of dragged a yeah. lot of them out of that so um it's the only one it's the only film ever that Ken Marshall has been like top dog uh. and it's it's had a lot of flack over the time it didn't do very well It um only made about sixteen million right. Oh, they give money back. Well, with a 30 to. Yeah. And, but it's become more of a cult classic now. Mm. But if you think it went up against the likes of Jedi, Return of the Jedi, how big was that? Yeah. You know, at the time, it went up against Jaws 3D, it was up against Superman 3. And there was also two uh, James Bond films in the same year. There was Octopussy and Never Say Never Again. So that year that it came out... It was up
1: against a lot of competition. Yeah, yeah,
0: there was a lot there that it was trying to to deal with. Um, And unfortunately, there's bits where it hits and bits where it misses. The the, the special effects, there's a lot of nice things there. But where it misses greatly is with the uh, green screen. Or the blue screen, whatever was used at the time, they used the wrong thing, and you can see the backgrounds are quite washed out wow. and quite blatantly you can see where they're up against this screen, right. and, and it does just doesn't, and it really pulls you out of it. But there's some really good scenes there, when um, with the horse scenes with the fire mares, where they're they're all riding on these horses, that so they actually manage to get on two treadmills. So the horses are actually galloping on no. treadmills in front of this green ah. screen, and it would have looked great if they could have just got that right. It was a very good idea because you have got all these flames coming out when they're going, going across, and they are going so fast. Yeah. Uh, but it's the, the the backgrounds just don't 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 go. Oh, that's a shame.
1: What's the um? What's that
0: weapon? The glaive. Well, yes, five point is. They was hoping that was gonna save it as well because it, the the glaive is, is a bit like a, a frisbee come boomerang that has blades coming out like a star yeah uh, shape thing and that's obviously the main part of the film because it, with the title as it comes round that's the glaive you see that yeah. then you see the crawl the crawl titles and you know to give it its due why it's become a cult classic is the glaive appears in Ready Player One. Uh-huh. Because you've got it is in the book, but also in the film, it's it takes out one it t- takes off the bad guy's arm. Oh, he, okay, he, exactly. he, and yes, so that's where it, so it, it's still quite high in the culture. Yeah, and um, I mean, I, I I would put it alongside the likes of Willow and Dark Crystal, Hulk the Slayer, that's something, that sort of thing, where it's that type of film that I think if if you grew up with that. You'd let it go. If you watch it now, no, yeah. you, you just. If you had no prior experience of it or that build-up of how movies used to be as to how they are no, I mean, you you look at Endgame and then look at that. You clearly, yeah. If you if you're in, you know, Endgame is is where your 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 fantasy films, sci-fi films are. Yeah. You're going to look at this and go, you're going to laugh, are you?
1: I think if you're to watch it now, you'd almost have to put your your eighties glasses on and and just appreciate it for for what it is. Um, so I, I haven't seen it yet. So I will get round to watching it, and I will probably do that. You know, I'll I'll, I'll put my eighties eyeballs in and, and just think as though I'm I'm watching it back then.
0: It it pulls a lot from these story, other stories you've already seen.
1: Yeah, but what film doesn't these days now though? You know? Uh, yeah, yeah, and,
0: and I think you you're always. I mean, there's a lot of films now that I look when they when they're doing stuff, and they go, oh, that's that's clearly to put in the game when it comes out on the PlayStation. And it's like, well, hang on a minute it's only really been lately that the films have been able to do the same thing as the game. And um there's bits that I just think um like the old one it clearly is a Kenobi character, but they're not as there's, there's something about it that that the story is a bit flat. It it's it's okay, but it, it there's something missing yeah. somewhere. And I think that's why it didn't Get the build up it was meant to be the next star wars, and you can see where the it they kind of works with the the half fantasy half medieval side of things uh like the the, the you know the the main sort of baddies from the beast and stuff like that they they fire um sort of um laser shots, right. but then there's only one or two and then they turn it around and it then becomes a spear slash sort of sword. Right. the sets there was a lot of sets. Uh, I think it was about 23, something like that. And they all, they went to the Pinewood Studios 007 soundstage, which at the time, Superman 3 was being filmed along with Octopussy and stuff like that. So the sets are really, really good. You can, you can see it's a set, but then it would be, you know, for this sort of fantasy thing. And there's little bits where, not to pull it to pieces, like there's a bit where uh, Freddie Jones falls over at one part and, and mm-hmm. lands on a rock and rolls over. And you can see that part oh. of his costume is dug into the polystyrene oh, the that was, was the rock say, and chipped it away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, the bit with the spider is, is a bit ropey because you can see it's stop motion. But then, again, that's no different to the beast that's in Willow. Mm. You know, that that's pretty sort of ropey yeah. now because it's the stop motion. You've got used to these, you know, yeah. creatures looking real, so to speak. The character's a lot of them do not make it through the story, right. and 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 then from a, a kiddies film, when the baddies get get killed, there's something that comes out of them and goes into the into the the goes into the earth or goes into wherever they are at the time, and they scream and screech as they're dying, and it's like, you know, it's quite,
1: a you know, it's quite yeah. bits
0: in it that you think, oh no, and there was a bit that stayed with me, and. I hate it when it comes up it's it's not done very realistically which which to be honest it probably is a good thing and it's where the cyclops because the cyclops basically is from a different a totally different world that they used to have two eyes the beast came to their world they did uh an agreement with them agreement with him that you know basically if we give you one of our eyes we you know we can we'd like to see the future so basically that was the trade-off you give me your eye and i'll allow you to see the future but they were duped into the fact that they gave the eye but like all they ever saw was their the time of their own death Uh, so they knew when they was going to die so that was the history of the cyclops and of course it gets to a part of the story where he he knows that's his time so he stays away and says well you carry on i'm going to stay here but then he goes against that and follows them and helps them but then ends up being crushed with two walls coming together and it literally you see it coming right and his hand still there when it's actually closing in and there's no it's there's no blood or anything like that but you just think Ugh mm. and it's one of those scenes where it's a bit like um black hole with the anthony perkins character with the robot and i i always remember I was watching it one one sort of christmas time and suddenly you get that scene where the the blades are spinning around and it, and he puts up this this like board with bits of paper on it to stop it and it goes yeah. through the board and clearly it goes yeah. into him yeah. and it was like oh, i wasn't ready for that and and uh, you know these the pg thing is i think these older films is quite high yeah and and that's always stayed with me on certain things. And, and, and I think this bit with Bernard Breslau was like... And I think it was because I knew he was like from the Carry On films that hit harder. Because <laughs> it was like, no, that's a horrible way to die. And also, it didn't, wasn't really... Some deaths weren't really given enough time to... to 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 say, "Yeah, you know, this is an important character. This this means something that they've given up their lives." to yeah. do. It literally goes on to the next scene, and then yeah. they're, they're on to something else. You can you can understand the fact that obviously he's been shot at or whatever, so he's he's got to go to the next. But there's no mourning or you know the the bit where Kenobi gets gets sort of uh, you you know killed in Star Wars. Yeah, Looks down spoiler, for a, can, yeah,
1: a bit. Of the... he, yeah,
0: he's but but not only that, he's at the table and he's like, Oh yeah. you know and you know, and he gets that even though it's fairly short, he gets that chance to, to go, I'm upset about yeah. this before yes, he has to get into the, the, the cockpit and start shooting the TIE fighters but the um th- there's none of that in this film when certain characters do go, it's like literally that's it, they're gone. The yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's a shame. But and and I guess there's little bits like that that sort of stick in my head there's a bit there's a scene right at the beginning of the film where they're coming out of the um, sort of mountain come stroke sort of um, asteroid whatever you want to call it and I was looking at it when I've been watching it recently and I thought that looks familiar and of course I realised the scene where they actually managed to, to, to get the bride and take her back into this castle is the same scene when they're leaving at the front of the film, but reversed. Oh, so and it was like, really? Clearly, you were trying to say you've got all that budget, yeah. but you've actually used a segment that clearly shows people where they've got like things, um, uh, sort of sticks on fire and stuff like that, and the f- and the flames and the smoke's going into them rather than coming out. Right. So clearly, it's a reverse, reverse bit of footage. Yeah. Weird, uh, isn't it? It's, it's yeah. yeah. It's little bits like that. You think. I've noticed that. Surely you would have noticed that at the cinema because it would have been a hell of a lot bigger. Yeah, uh, yeah. so there's, there's bits where you just think, oh, you know, well, surely when well, was... something went wrong. Something definitely went wrong somewhere.
1: Yeah, surely when the editor was editing it and he played it back, he must have thought to himself, this looks, a bit do- <laughs> this looks a bit dodgy. Either that or
0: the fact that they needed something to show that they were coming out and they didn't have any footage and, you know, that's it. They've uh... got no choice. You, You probably went to the you know producers and they said well it's sorry really mate you've it. had all your budget yeah. you're not getting any yeah. more <laughs> so yeah you definitely have to do the old rose tinted glasses right. with this um but um it, it in a way it sort of redeems itself and then drops itself and, and picks himself up and drops itself And it and it's that thing where with star wars for instance you had this gradual thing that ended up with them going up against the Death Star that was such a finale yeah. whereas this was trying to do a similar thing but it had been so many ups and downs that he just didn't get, get to there. that bit where he went yay and, you know you just went okay good he's done it brilliant and the fact that they're getting out obviously the this thing collapses like it does a little bit in, in um, the Dark Crystal etc and stuff and they're trying to get out and suddenly they're like two miles away from it uh. You think, well, blimey, you must have run a fair speed to get that far away. <laughs> how quickly they reverse like... the film, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's um, it it's a good film, but I think you need to have that history to to appreciate it a little bit
1: more and forgive it a little bit more. Yeah. So when I when I started looking into it, and I was like, Ken Marshall, mm, no. Nah. i don't know who that is (laughs) exactly yeah yeah. all the (laughs) other names i saw come up as well and obviously i saw that you know um robbie coltrane and i've heard of him and liam neeson it's like it's strange how they they went on to appear in two film franchises that this was hinting at kind of it's yeah strange strange how things like that work out it really is (laughs) obviously
0: I mean, Ken came a good job. I think you've got. To, it's unfortunately when you're doing the film, you know, you don't know what take is going to be used. Mm. You don't know if the director's going to get all the shots he really needs to, to tell the story, and you're at the at the mercy of of these people after you've yeah. done your job. Yeah, and, and I think he got some bad flack, or just didn't didn't get the, you know, the 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 other jobs that that he should have done because of this film, because of the way it was received, yeah. but. You know he he does a good job, and it's just it's again it's a shame that he, you know, didn't go on to bigger and better things because of of, you know how the film was how the film was received. And 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 I think uh, that does happen
1: a lot of the time is that the 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 public watch these films, you know, put blame on the actor. Oh, the performance was rubbish. Where the performance was probably good on the editing floor and the director just made them look worse than what they actually were and it's always the actor that gets in the neck when really they're only doing what they're told to do um, so yeah i can see it from that point of view
0: they, they do have a couple of there was something said but nothing's really been confirmed with the fact that it was meant possibly meant to be a, a dungeons and dragons movie when it was first being put together right but they, they've denied that and said, no, we, we never went to the Dungeons and Dragons people. And, and they've said, no, we was never approached right. for this to be that. Um, the only other thing was that the mo- the game of the movie at the time ha- has been one of the best and loved games of movies yeah, ever. It did, didn't it? Uh, and it's like <laughs> you know, because you do have some pretty bad movie games that have oh, come yeah. out over the years, but this was really loved and still is loved now on the home market and also in the arcades. Cool. So,
1: but obviously, I can't, I can't give this a um, a, 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 a cushion, cushion
0: rating. Yeah, we, we, yeah, we won't. Yeah, because you haven't seen it, we won't give it a a, a cushion. Uh, okay, a, but a, a would, would, thing, would but. you recommend it as some um, as um, watch? Uh, I, I would if you're a, a person of a certain age. Right. <laughs> because it does it is it, part of the history of what has built up to what we see today. Right. You know the 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 fantasies the, the superhero meal you know it, it it's part of superheroes movies it's part of that legacy that this is what we went through to get to this point. You know. Yeah. And and I do feel that you know possibly if it hadn't gone up against these other movies at the time, it may have been a bigger film of the year. Um, because it, it does... It's good. I mean, the, the sets where where the bride is, is being held captured by the Beast is really surreal, some of the sets mm-hmm. that
1: she's in. That's obviously where and the money's can, gone then, isn't it? Building them. You,
0: yeah, you yeah. can see where... You, they were trying to, tr- trying to do something completely different on certain, certain uh, yeah. levels... Whereas the other levels are very sort of uh, meh, mm. bland, and and doesn't really go anywhere. And I do think the story is, as as you know, just didn't. You know, the fact that Lord of the Rings came out years and years afterwards, but you're immersed in that, and mm. your emotions are always being involved. Yeah. Whereas this doesn't, and I think it could be the visuals, it could be the fact that certain things you know well, clearly that's behind a green screen, or blah blah, blah. And, it, and it pulls you out of it. Mm-hmm. So I, I would say give it a watch, just to say that you've seen it because it's worth a watch. Whether or not you watch it again after that is <laughs> entirely up to you. Yeah. But I've I've watched it a few times now, and and I would give it the time of day. Um, just
1: don't build put your expect- expectations. Too yes. Right.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Just, just, just take it for what it is, and uh, but it has, as I say, it's it's had a resurgence in the cult right. side of things. So it is well, it has been received better now than what it was when it first was released. Okay. Um, as as other films have, yeah. like Blade Runner's yeah. your things, you know, yeah. even you know uh, that sort of stuff. So yeah, I, I'll give it a give it a view, and uh, and see what you think. Okay, thanks for listening. We both hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please subscribe so you never miss a new episode on iTunes, Google Podcasts, or Podbean. You can contact us via our email address, which is dtbots77 at com, and our Twitter account, which is at dtbots. So that's D-T-B-O-T-S, down the back of the sofas. Is there anything else you want to add before we uh, say ta-ta?
1: Um, I don't think so, other than we've got some great things lined up for future episode so if you're enjoying what we're doing come back because we've got plenty more coming
0: we sure do okay it's goodbye from me and it's also goodbye from me
1: <laughs> i don't know what i'm supposed to say there to be honest with you <laughs> whatever you want <laughs> <laughs> you just come back and go whatever <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bye.